The drink will flow and blood will spill And if the boys wanna fight you better let them That you box in the corner blasting out my favorite song Tonight's are getting warmer it won't be long Won't be long till summer comes Now that the boys are here again Now, when you guys get changed, do you like to go shirt off, shirt on, pants off, pants on? Or do you just take all your clothes off completely and then put all your new clothes on? Because I like to get completely nude and, uh, you know, just spend a few minutes unshackled by the confines of my clothy masters. <laughs> Walk around the house nude for a bit? Yeah. Like <laughs> uh, yeah, total power move to get naked and then redressed. That's right. All right, that was Thin Lizzy with Boys Are Back in Town. And speaking of, us boys are back, back in uh, Brad is a Bad Person Town. (laughs) Uh, Today, we're uh, talking about cults, joining a cult. Why do people join cults? Why do people start cults? What's the history of cults? All that good stuff. So, uh, you guys excited for this topic? I am extremely excited. I love cults. They're really interesting. Right. My name is Morgan. I'm the uh, host of this show. And we have uh, Lachlan with us and Brad. Hello. Who is a bad person. Uh, So, guys, we're going to start with the definition of a cult. So, Joe Rogan defines a cult as follows. A cult is bullshit. It was created by one person (laughs) and that person knows it's bullshit. A religion is the same thing, but that guy is dead. <laughs> I think he's not far off the mark. That's a fairly <laughs> simplistic analysis, I'd say. Well, I think that settles the argument that Scientology is a religion, because Alvaron Hubbard did know it was bullshit, but now he's dead. So, so he is dead, yes. It's officially a, a religion now. It's called for a while, now it's a religion. Yeah, and if Tom Cruise is in it, you know, sign me up. So... <laughs> Um, but more seriously, I watched a um, a TED video, which, you know, the educational videos, and mm. they defined a cult as a group or a movement, usually religious in nature, with a shared commitment to an ideology with a charismatic leader. So that seems like a very important part of the cult. You have to have yes. a charismatic leader who gets you the into all sorts leader of crazy, wacky important. situations. So. <laughs> well, I, yeah. I mean, I don't think there's... <laughs> Thanks for the contribution there, Brad. Lachlan, would you like to do your beer review? I would. Uh-huh. I would like to crack a cold one with the boys. All right, let's uh, do it. What, uh, what's the name of the beer you got tonight, Lachlan? All right. So, today I've got a Frothy by Matilda Bay Brewing Company. Oh, very nice. And uh, yeah. it's Australian beer? It is Australian beer. Uh, they are based in Dandenong South. Interesting. And... Uh, yeah. What's the alcohol percentage? Um, 4.2%. So it's 1.2 standard drinks. Nice. Ale or lager? It actually doesn't say what it is. Uh, It's It's 100% local hops and barley. But it doesn't say on here what style of beer it is. So it's going to be an interesting journey. (laughs) (laughs) Is it a can or a bottle? It's a can. Oh, maybe. Here we go. Let's crack it open and uh, All right, I'm going to crack it with the boys. <laughs> oh, that had a nice snap to it. It's a nice sound. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's okay, I guess. 
Get wrecked. Um, okay. So, first we uh, want to talk about why people may join cults and why people may start cults. So, maybe we should start with the people who join cults and then come to the leaders later. So, Lachlan, do you have any temptation to join a cult? Uh, I'd lead a cult. I don't think I want to join one. Though, <laughs> Shit rolls downhill, mate. <laughs> you want to be at the top of the pyramid. Yeah. That's right. Absolutely. That's right. Looking from the outside, I can't see any benefits of joining <laughs> as a member. Yeah. Same with you, Brown? Absolutely. I would want well, to be at you the know, top of the... You have, you have someone to lead, and that person is alive. They're not, you know, they're not dead. So, yep. you know, if you're a Christian, if you believe in Jesus, if you're a Muslim and you believe in Muhammad, then you're following the example of a, a dead person who you can't speak to one-on-one and you can't hear them actually sermonize. Like, you know, if you join a cult, it's like you're there when Jesus gave the Sermon on the Mount. Imagine being there when Jesus gave the Sermon on the Mount. That's what they think is going on. That's pretty exciting. Don't you want to join a cult, Brad? No. So, what's going to be the uniform in your cult, Mox? The uniform? Well, as you can see tonight, I'm wearing grey long sleeve shirt. I think that's pretty standard sort of cult uniform. Yep. yep. Yeah, that is actually. Yeah, it's good. I've got too much hair to be in a cult, though, so I'll have to do a bit of shaving on my yeah. face and head. Do you reckon you're going to go for, like, some brand new Nikes? Yeah, get some Nike decades. Bit of for- yeah, a bit of foreshadowing cost- there. Huh? Cost me a grand on eBay, but I'll do it. Um, <laughs> actually, when when that comes up, I have shoes that are very, very similar to I that. know, I've seen them, actually. Yeah, I know. Anyways, so we'll talk about that later. But, you know, according to this TED video that I watched, and TED is educational. Oh, and always 100% so, correct as well. Obviously. Um, <laughs> they said that people join cults because they have a desire to belong in a community that accepts them and provides them answers to life's big questions. Mm-hmm. So Sounds it's like, like the same like reason someone joins a religion. AKA they're needy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, everyone That's needs rude. answers, Brad, so they are yeah. needy. We're all needy. Uh, not that yeah. needy. But something I thought was interesting in the video is that they said two-thirds of people that mm. join a cult are recruited by a friend, a family member, or a co-worker. How did the other third get mixed up in a cult? <laughs> are they they're actively re- seeking out a cult if they're not really someone, someone on me. the street? Yeah, they're no. just someone on the street just hands them a flyer, hands yeah. them a e-reader, an e-meter, or something. Yeah. Test your thetan <laughs> levels. You got too many thetans. Yeah, gotta get those thetans out of here. Do you think cults like they're they're looking for those those one third of people who weren't recruited and joined of their own volition? They're like the the golden child they want those people the most because it's like they actually want to be here they're not getting tricked they're tricking themselves (laughs) (laughs) i don't know i think the idea is that the leader just sort of tricks them all eventually like if if you're not buying into it then they don't want you there at all yeah but if you're coming there on your own volition rather than having a friend trick you into coming then surely you you know you're more they're probably the the diehard loyalists that end up being a part of like the inner sanctum yeah. Yeah, probably yeah. actually good point. Yeah. The uh the uh, the people that don't question anything at all. The ones who end up always doing the murdering in the end. Alright. Yeah. <laughs> well murdering of themselves. Spoilers. Yeah. Um anyway, the reason people create cults and lead cults is pretty obvious. It's dirty, dirty sex and often illegal sex. <laughs> do, do you guys agree with this? Absolutely <laughs> fucking spot on. There's one pervert who's like, I wish I could fuck children on in the open, 
And like, he's like, like, they don't even have to hide it, really. They're yeah, listen, it's not. No, it's just like it's, it's really hard convincing kids to shut the fuck up and not tell their parents. <laughs> oh my so God. what if their parents are the ones that hand them to me? Oh Jesus! Oh, I'll start a fucking cult. Honestly, like every time you you look deep into the stuff with the cult leader, it's always like, ah, oh, there, God came down and told me that I have to start banging all the ladies in the cult. Yeah, yeah. I have to marry this twelve-year-old. Yeah, exactly. It's like they uh, go to. Yeah, and at best case scenario, is they just have a bunch of adult wives, which yeah. is still kind of, you know. But- <laughs> wow, I mean, you got one wife for cooking, one wife for cleaning, <laughs> one wife for watching TV with. You got one wife who you take out. I'd you know, hate to be the anal wife. <laughs> <laughs> I think you got to get a special. Like you got to get a special chair for her. Yeah, she really got that wrong. Um, uh, yeah. Okay. So I watched. Um, have you guys heard of a TV show on the ABC, which is called "You Can't Ask That"? No, I have not. No. It's actually a pretty good show. It has people from different groups that uh, people want to ask questions about, but it would be too awkward. So they had an episode on midgets, had an episode on transgender people, had an episode on, uh, you know, suicide survivors, you know, people who couldn't do it, Um, like junkies and stuff like that. And they had an episode on people who have left a cult. So I watched that. And uh, that sounds very interesting. Yeah, does. yeah. the the uh, title for the show when it comes up, instead of having like theme music or whatever, it just has a bunch of people asking these questions really quickly. So it's like there's a little bit of faint music in the background, but it's like, why would you be so stupid? How could you do that? And one of the questions is, what does it feel like to get <laughs> to watch the love of your life get pounded? So there must be an episode about guys who are <laughs> in open relationships or in guys who are getting cucked. Oh, yeah, and I just uh, yeah, I started laughing when that uh, flashed up on the screen because I was like, why would they have that as one of their opening questions? <laughs> That's in, one like, of their the intro title. questions. Yeah. and it's like the you know how when there's a bunch of. Um, people talking at once and then one thing stands out really clearly it was like that yeah. for me and i was like oh God. <laughs> so anyway um <laughs> this episode was about people who were in cults and one of the questions was and because the show's called you can't ask that it's always you know questions that are phrased in ways that no one would ask him anyway because it's too rude but one of the questions was were you forced to do sex stuff with some ugly weirdo <laughs> <laughs> the answer is always yes well there were eight people on it and two of them said yes, the other six oh. said no, but one of them actually said, and this is a quote, not sex stuff, but that's all I'll say. So I don't know if that's worse. Oh, what? <laughs> what does that mean? That is much I, worse. That sounds awful. I don't know what what it's referring to, but it sounds bad. I reckon if she was like involved in some to cover up some, some other oh. sex stuff, or she was filming, I don't know, something weird going on there. Or she was doing like really... That is guaranteed to be worse. Like physical abuse stuff or something? Like beaten, I don't um, think it's fair to say that they were forced into it, by the way, because like I'm sure at the time tricked. they were willing. Tricked. Mm. tricked deceived? Yeah. Brainwashed, even. Brainwashed. Tricked or deceived or brainwashed, yeah. yeah. Mm. Anyway, one of the... 
interesting parts of this episode. One of the cults in it, uh, the people only spoke Aramaic, which was the language that Jesus spoke. Because they awesome. to be closer to <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> You've got to learn Aramaic, a fucking dead language, just um, to join a fucking cult. That's pretty fucking metal. Yeah, right? it is. That's 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 full on stuff. Yeah, you know, it is. That's like learning Hebrew so you can read the Bible in its original form. That's intense stuff. Um, one of the cult leaders had four wives, as you would imagine. So that's mm. pretty standard. Actually, sort that's of pretty, stuff. Pretty tame, actually. One of the cult leaders was banging kids in it, including oh. one of the women who said, you know, when she was fourteen, he started banging her. So that's not nice. And um, something I found was really odd was that one of the cult leaders was female. Oh, you don't see that all. You that do often. not see no. that often, do you? It's like it's like serial killers when there's a female serial killer. It's like what? <laughs> it's just the the ladies don't usually get into this sort of weird this line of work stuff yeah I don't know. so <laughs> i thought that was odd and um a lot of them actually left the cult just because the cult fell apart around them so it's like they never made a conscious decision yeah. to leave it's just like <laughs> it ended and now it's like well now i have to what go do we do now society, even though i don't want to <laughs> it's really weird but one of uh, one of the ladies escaped the cult and um she said brothers. I'd assume that means, like, other people in the cult, not her actual yeah, brothers. Not actual siblings. Mm. Yeah, but she was dating this guy, and the <laughs> the guys from the cult came to her house one night and said, if you marry outside of the church, your children will be handicapped. And, <laughs> and she, has, <laughs> she has two kids, and one of them has cystic fibrosis, and the other oh, has leukemia. No! no. <laughs> So I'm gonna join this cult before Shannon and I have kids, because <laughs> yeah, that that cult sounds like they've got their shit unlocked. That's the real deal. Yeah, they know what they're doing. Predictive powers, at the very least. I can't believe. It. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching it, and the whole episode is kind of sad and stuff. But when she said that, I was like, "That's darkly humorous," but not. The- <laughs> Not that it's funny that happened to her kids, but if that's going to happen anyway, oh, it's funny that someone said she that. She knew it was coming. She didn't listen. <laughs> she didn't listen. They warned her. They warned her. They tried anyway. Uh, yeah. Fuck it out. Music sounds better on vinyl. Videos look better on VHS. Convert your old, boring DVDs to crisp, beautiful VHS at thegoodolddays.com.au. Like fashion, technology is cyclical, and VHS is about to make a roaring comeback. Don't be left in front. Go to fuckdvds.com.au and enter code BIABP for free shipping to the contiguous states and territories. Do you want to talk about some famous cults? Yeah, let's, let's, let's smash them in. Alright, which should we start with? We've got a few. We've got Heaven's Gate to talk about. We've got the Branch Davidians. We've got um, the People's Temple for Jim Jones. Oh, I mean, I think we end with the People's Temple. That's the biggest one, isn't it, surely? That's the, the big Temple enchilada. Is, but, yeah, yeah that's, the, that's the big enchilada. <laughs> um, anyway, I'll launch into it with a little uh, doomsday cold, if you want. All right, Brad, give us the uh, basic gestalt. All right. Well, the basic gestalt is... Uh, I'm going to... It's Om Shinrikyo. Uh, it's a Japanese doomsday cult, uh, led by a almost completely blind uh, leader named Shoko Asahara. Uh, he's uh, 
real name, you know, his slave name was uh, Chizuo Matsumoto. Um, and it, <laughs> I see why I ditched it. Yeah. Yeah. I oh, know, right? It must be like, oh, I don't know what some lame name in English. No. Look, but if, if you want your cult to go worldwide, you can't have a name that's hard for Yeah, I mean, how bad are, how fucking mad metal does fucking Shoko Asahara seem? Yeah, that's a badass now. Yeah, I'd join his cult. Is it still going? Yeah. Uh, kind of. It's being run by his son now. Well, um, kind of. Sign me up. Well, it's, it's, not, it's called, not called. It's not called. Armstrong yeah, Rikki it's not Armstrong Rikki. It's called Elf, Elf, or something. Elf, Elf. It's pronounced. Yeah. It's some character in Japanese or something. Means something. I don't know. Look into the post cult collapse. It sort of. It actually split off into two sort of separate splinter cults, I believe. Hey, who's explaining uh, this shit here? Me. Ah, okay. <laughs> right, anyway, give us, give us the at, TED. At the height of their powers, they had uh, 10,000 Japanese members and, surprisingly, 30,000 Russian members. Oh. Um, because Asahara was trying to expand the cult and he actually wanted to get weapons and etc. to militarize them and uh, went over to Russia, paid some people, greased some pockets and uh, they ended up with a helicopter and 30,000 Russian <laughs> <laughs> well, Russians are basically disposable if you know your World yeah. War Two history. So they'll probably exactly. like you're buying a helicopter. Well, this was a, this Russians? is post Cold War as well. <laughs> so like, money this, ruled over there. So this is post Cold War. Yeah, post Cold War. Um, uh, was, he established the okay. So he established the cult originally, and this is the tricky part. It was um, called the Alm Club of Gods and Hermits, right? So basically, mm-hmm. it was just for loser Japanese guys who they refer to as wizards. <laughs> Um, so like virgins when they're in their thirties and yeah, shit like they're that. A bunch of bunch of mountain wizards. Yeah, they they call them mountain wizards. Um, and it was only set up for yoga. <laughs> not even, that's not, not even a joke. joke. That's actually. No, I what think is... I've heard people talk about like yeah. when guys are losers and they you know can't get ladies and stuff. They're like you know they're evolving into a wizard. I don't know. Yeah. If that's a, yeah. I don't know. If yeah, that's it, a it's like a, a Japanese thing. Yeah, if you make it, I think it's like to your thirties or something without losing your virginity, you become a wizard. Um. <laughs> So, he established the cult in 84, um, and it was right in this sort of vacuumous area after post-war where they, um, religion used to be mandated by the state uh, in Japan. So, after the war, you were allowed to ch- you had the freedom to choose your religion, uh, and so a bunch of, you know, small religions were set up um, that worshipped gods in different ways, whatever. Most of them are still largely Hindu, but... Um, it was a big deal because if you got religious status, you were completely tax exempt, as you know, similar to in the West. Um, and he got that official religious status in 1989, and then he sort of just flipped the switch on people. So the guys who were in there for the gods and hermits, you know, for yoga and meditation, all of a sudden he was just like, "Yeah, no, we're Om Shinrikyo, Supreme Truth now, and we're kind of <laughs> militarized." <laughs> so those poor bastards, they got flipped hard. Um, they and- went along with it. Uh, of course I, I, they, they did. They, they got want, nothing better to do. Yeah, well, to be honest, he was trying to go into politics. You know, he just wanted power, like mad power. So he, he gained it, like I said, at the height of their power. They had like 10,000 plus Japanese people on the side. And he, he ran for um, office in Tokyo. Um, but what happened is it just, I think it got a little out of hand. Like they started, <laughs> they started like blackmailing and extorting people. Anyone who left, they'd go after their family and kidnap them. Classic um, cult behavior, yeah. They, yeah, that's that's like the uh, the day one stuff yeah. for a cult. Well, I mean, he, he ramped up, and then like people started like satirizing the the cult. So he had an assassination list, and they killed a fair few people on that list. Um, and it sort of went real downhill when um, 
this former cult member left and they kidnapped uh, her brother and pretty much tortured him to death over the course of days with like hot water and shit. And then microwaved his remains in this Ooh. giant microwave they had set up in one of their uh, their compounds. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I forgot about that. And they microwaved, like it was like a yeah. giant fucking microwave. They microwaved his remains, but he left a note saying, if I disappear, Om Shinrikyo has kidnapped me. Because that's what they were doing. They're just kidnapping people. And people were like, where they go? Oh, I don't know. Um, it's but they like were also liquefied by <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they were. <laughs> that's what they mic- did. That's how they got rid of their bodies. Yeah. Just a giant fucking industrial sized microwave. Like they yeah. were militarizing. Turn them into turn them into goo. They had a compound oh. with like a thousand people living there, and they were like hardcore training them. Like they would dunk people in vats of hot water to like harden their bodies and they were doing like military training. A bunch of people lived underground for like six days with no... Like, yeah, you know how intense yeah. the Japanese are. Yeah. Brett, I know what and a if Japanese they would... primary school is. Like... <laughs> <laughs> but if they die, they just microwave their remains. <laughs> like, <sighs> um, And anyway, it all culminated like they, they got real crazy and they decided, world's going to end, but we're going to start it. Um, and so they decided to kill everyone with sarin gas, which if you know anything about sarin gas, is a nerve gas and it's not entirely pleasant. Um, and then they started developing their own gas called a VX gas, which they never actually used in an attack, except they used it in assassination attempts. Um, but it all culminated in 1993 when they, it was, it was 93, I think, or was it 95? Sorry. 95. Yeah, 95. I got a lot here. They did so much. Uh, yeah, in 95, they, they attacked the Tokyo subway system, um, and they killed, hang on. 12 people. Yeah. Uh, 13 deaths, 54 serious injuries, and as many as 6,000 people who, uh, were affected by the sarin gas attack. Um, some of them didn't want to come forward because they were afraid. Uh, and then, which what a lot of people might not know, is there are actually a couple more attacks after that attack because um, they didn't immediately catch Shoko Asahara. So they launched a second attack using hydrogen cyanide, so not sarin gas, which is just as lethal, though, in Shinjuku Station. And they left a bag in a toilet right near the ventilation system and they set it on fire. And if this bag had burnt long enough and broken the container of hydrogen, uh, hydrogen cyanide inside, um, it would have killed as many as 10,000 people conservatively, they reckon. It could be thousands and thousands more. Ooh. But someone noticed the bag on fire, put it out, and then realized that it wasn't safe. Um, then Asahara sent a bomb in the mail to the, the mayor of Tokyo, and his uh, unfortunate assistant opened it and blew her hand off. <laughs> And then there was another attack a couple of months later with hydrogen cyanide. There was, uh, I think there was four hydrogen cyanide uh, capsules found throughout the subway, so Tokyo subway system, but they were just never detonated for no, for not, not 100% sure. But uh, yeah, that, that's uh, Amshin Riki. They were, they were fucking serious. Like they bought a helicopter and they were thinking about using that as a sarin gas dispersal unit. Um, like literally just flying over the city and just dumping sarin gas on Tokyo. Um, well, that wouldn't be the worst thing that's fallen from the sky in a Japanese city. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, they, they were insane. Actually, it's quite funny because uh, Shoko Asahara and 11 other of the cult members only got executed last year uh, by Japan. For, they got uh, executed? Do, yeah, Japan exec- still have the death penalty? Executed by hanging, <laughs> of bitch. Of do. What? By hanging, motherfucker. Oh, wow. Yeah, they, they went old school on their asses. They fucking. I'd like to say Japan don't fuck around, but it's like 20 years of appeals until they finally actually killed them. That's yeah. how you really psychologically torture someone, though. Wow, that's true. So, 
they don't fuck around. They knew what yeah. they were doing. Uh, Brad, if you were being executed and you could choose your method of execution, uh, we, would you go with hanging? This... No. What, sarin gas? <laughs> you know, subway? Uh, I'd go with the uh, flavor aid. <laughs> um, who's talking about the Branch Davidians? Is that me? Uh, that's you, you big boy. <laughs> the Branch Davidians is like an offshoot of Christianity, as a lot of cults are. And uh, if you want to know how to spell Davidians, it's really David Ians. So that, mm-hmm. that'll help you with your Google stuff. Mm-hmm. Although I'm mm-hmm. sure it would come up if you're a letter off. Um, so this was in uh, uh, Texas. This guy called, a guy called David Koresh took over the cult in 1990. And apparently the cult leader before him only had one wife, but David Koresh was like, eh, let's have a few <laughs> more. So he started taking extra wives, including, believe it or not, Underage wives. What? So, <laughs> I don't believe it. Uh, as uh, as cults are want to do, they thought that the apocalypse was coming, so they were armed to the teeth, as you would if you were an American cult. And uh, the ATF, which is the alcohol, tobacco, firearms uh, thing in the government <laughs> department, uh, yeah, they investigated them for firearms violation. Not, you know, for holding people against their will or... Uh, having kids underage or, you know, marrying kids. But, no, you know, let's check out if they have some firearms violations. So, they uh, went there, and as you would if you lived in Texas and someone came to take your guns, the Branch Davidians started firing on the ATF. So, there was a a shootout, and uh, four ATF agents were killed, and six cult members died. And uh, this turned into a siege because they had a compound in Waco, Texas, and the ATF tried to come in. They didn't let them come in. You can see videos of people getting killed, including a ATF guy who tries to stick his head like in a window. Just gets popped. You know, you can watch that if you want, if that's your thing. Anyway, this siege was going on for like 51 days, mm-hmm. and the ATF tried all these tactics to get them out so they were playing music really loud they uh were flashing really bright lights at them like putting really bright lights onto the compound so they couldn't sleep and stuff and they turned off their electricity they even started making concessions to david koresh to try to get him to surrender like letting him sermonize on the radio so he could get his message directly out to the people which Mm -hmm. is a bold strategy um because you know People might have wanted to join after that. Uh, the FBI, <laughs> <laughs> the FBI, decided that it was time to stop fucking around, and they took over. So the FBI took over from the ATF, and they raided with tanks and uh, tear gas, and uh, it was all going off one day <laughs> until a fire broke out. And it's assumed that the cult members started the fire as a way to commit suicide because they're like the FBI's coming in. We're dead yeah. anyway. So, uh, apparently they started fire and how many people died? Shitloads. 82. Yeah, 76 yeah. in the fire. Yeah. Yeah, 76 in the fire and six, six died in the, the initial the shootout yeah. with the yeah. ATF. So, 82 mm-hmm. people died in total. That's right, but it's 76 in the fire. Yeah. So, that was a big scandal in the US, you know, government overreach and, you know, come and try yeah, to take guns. sounds to me and- like... Uh- the Branch Davidians were just standing up for their Second Amendment rights. <laughs> and their right to marry Some, underage girls. <laughs> Someone's got to do it. Which and amendment? They, were... hey, they weren't there for the, the pedophilia. They were there for the guns, right? 
<laughs> I know. There's, there's just something in me that says, like, if they were there to get him for the kids, then, you know, fucking burn it to the ground. I don't care. You can't have that <laughs> stuff going on. But because they were there to get his guns, you know, I feel it's a bit... That's a bit well, unfair. It's not entirely true. They did. They, they executed government. They executed the warrant on the pretense of child abuse and illegal arms trafficking. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's like the old. Al but the the thing, thing that it's brought like you him can't to get the ATF, you really need to get him yeah. for. So you try to pin something else on him. Yeah. But the, the 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 thing that originally brought him to the ATF's attention was that his postman dropped off a crate and it fell out of the truck and it was full of grenades. So then they he reported it to the ATF. What's wrong with grenades? You can't just buy a fucking <laughs> crate full of grenades without some, without some sort of paperwork or something. Like, where the fuck do you buy a crate full of grenades? Not a legal place. Shall what are not you, Brad? A fucking communist? <laughs> yeah, but did you did you see how many wives he had? Like allegedly, how many? Twenty. Twenty. Yeah. How many and were underage? That seems like well, a the, the youngest was twelve. Well. That's twice as old as Mama's youngest wife, so... Oh, he's gone oh! there. He's gone there. Um, Islam, get wrecked. Also, another little fun fact, that 20 of the Davidians inside the compound who burnt to death were, were found shot, but, like, they shot themselves beforehand. Mm. So they reckon that it was, um, uh, like, mercy killings. Like, they got trapped in there and then decided to shoot themselves. Yeah. Totally yeah. rather, and, than and I think like burning. probably yeah. shoot myself. I think like half of those yeah. were children as well, which is really fucked up. Right. Do you think the kids shot themselves or their parents? Shot no, them? the parents shot them. Even fucking Koresh didn't have the balls to shoot himself. He had to get his best mate to shoot him. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> what kind of friend shoots yeah. you in the head? Well, no, he asked it to presumably. Um, <laughs> yeah, and a good friend would talk you out of it. Also. If you ask me to shoot you, Brad. Well, <laughs> you can't. That example. Morgan, if you asked me to shoot you, I'd talk, I'd talk you down. Um, yeah, so... Fun fact anyway. with Koresh as well. Did you did you know his, like, slave name? Because these guys all love to change their name. They have to change their yeah. names. They've got to they gotta sound... It's got to yeah, have a fresh. ring to it. Yeah. Did you did you know his, his, like, his, his slave name? What? Vernon Howell. Oh, yeah, that's not a couple yeah, of no, no, no. David cool. Koresh. David is named after, obviously, David in the Bible, and Koresh means Cypress in... Is it Aramaic or something like that? I'm not sure. Old language. Yeah, old language. So they're, they're supposed um, to be super religious. Makes sense to him. Just a little fun fact about the Branch Davidians. Yeah. Um, the, Timothy McVeigh had heavy ties to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, in fact, he bombed um, the... I forget what building it was, but in Oklahoma City, mm. he bombed that building as a reaction to the way that the government had handled the whole Waco thing. Yeah, because yeah, it, it was just before that as well was Ruby Ridge as well, which was a massive, mm. massive uh, ordeal. And that's why the, the government, I think, was willing to wait 51 days before they really <laughs> fucking did anything because they didn't want another <laughs> Ruby Ridge. And then they fucking, they burnt the compound to the ground. Yeah, it was even worse. I, uh, yeah, Timothy McVeigh did his bombing as revenge for Waker. For Waker, yeah. Mm. Yeah, and um, the government killed, uh, you know, how many people was it? 82. 82 people, basically. Six plus uh, 76 in the fire. They didn't kill the people in the fire, but they're responsible for it, you'd say, because they sieged the yeah, uh, compound. I'd so say uh, Koresh killed... is probably responsible for it. The government killed 82 people. And in response, McVeigh killed 168 government workers. And this validates my theory that people who work for the government are only worth half as much as regular <laughs> citizens. 
<laughs> Holy fuck. That is cold. That is That's fucking a- ice cold. 86 people is just a slow Tuesday for the uh, US government. <laughs> True that. Um, should we move on to the next the next cut? Um, Lachlan, you haven't done one yet. Do you want to do one? Uh, uh, who do we want to talk about? Should we Should we go for the big daddy? Ooh, the big Jim en- Jones himself. Big enchilada. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do it. Yeah. Okay. So, <coughs> James Warren Jones... Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, he started the People's Temple. He's a very famous cult leader. I'm sure everyone's seen the photo of him uh, with the sunglasses on. <laughs> the aviator. Just completely indignant look on his face. <laughs> he wore those sunglasses to hide his absolutely fucking cracked out eyes. <laughs> yes. Because the dude just never slept. He was just, he would just take meth all day to stay awake. Yeah. He was on meth before it was, it was cool. He was just constantly wired, and he had to wear the sunglasses because people obviously needed to... Not freak like, out when they saw Who's going to listen to a fucking meth head, you know? <laughs> Apparently 908 <laughs> people. Anyway, um, so Jim Jones was a communist, and he formed... <laughs> the pe- no, he legitimately no, he was. was. I'm yeah, not even no. joking. But he formed the People's out. Temple. I've got to give the man respect... Because he actually, like, he believed in communism, and he did it, he got all these people together, moved to fucking Guyana, and started a communist society. Mm-hmm. Like, at least he put his money where his mouth is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it went about as well as any other communist society. <laughs> <laughs> it's not real communism! <laughs> and we should point out that Guyana is in South America... Even though yeah. I always think it's in Africa. It's one of those countries. It does sound African, actually, oh, Guyana. But yeah, racist. it's in South America. Um, American government, of course, still sticking their noses in, even though it wasn't on their land. <laughs> uh, basically, look, I'm sure everyone's heard of what went on at the People's Temple. They drank the Kool-Aid. As Brad previously pointed out, it was actually Flavor Aid. Yeah, much, couldn't even spring. Much couldn't cheaper. even spring for the name brand stuff. Yeah. It's like the home brand that's, version of that's Kool-Aid. like the the black and gold fucking Kool Aid. Yeah, Kool Aid essentially of free advertising off that for fucking <laughs> the best. There's no such thing as bad press. <laughs> the um the like U.S. government and the Guyanese government they were. Because Jim Jones was just out of control. They they were killing people and they were just causing problems in Guyana and all that sort of stuff. Um, So the Guyanese government and the US government working together were slowly encroaching on him. And as time went on, he just got more and more paranoid. Rightly so. Uh, (laughs) He just, like, he thought there were fucking spies in the trees and shit. (laughs) The dude was out of his fucking mind. Not even Um, once. Yeah. So... So, the the whole Jonestown experiment ended in, uh, what was it, 1978, November 18, 1978. Yep. Essentially, what happened is his uh, most devoted members, mm-hmm. because he, he held these masses like four or five times a day where everyone would have to come in oh. and just listen to him ramble 
about absolute nonsense. There's tapes on the internet. Yeah. You can listen to some of his sermons. They've, they've got like every just, one of them, yeah. He's just talking shit. Like he's not making any point. At some some points, he'll just start rambling about, look at this fucking person here not standing up when everyone else is standing up. Like, what the fuck do you think you're doing? Someone someone go slap this bitch in the face. Like, <laughs> he, legit, he's on a come down from meth and he's just pointing at people who are upsetting him. <laughs> that is almost verbatim yeah. what I just said there. Yeah. Um, anyway. <laughs> so, anyway, during this sermon, he decided that this is it. It's done. We're finished. They're coming to get me, so everyone's got to come with me. So, he had his most devoted people lock all the doors, bar everyone in. They guarded the doors with guns, and they just wheeled out these massive fucking vats of um, poisoned flavorade. That's where the saying, don't drink the Kool-Aid, comes yes, from, actually. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and, and what does don't drink the Kool-Aid mean? Like, colloquially? Well, luckily? it means, like, don't buy into... Um, you know, the nonsense. And also don't, don't, don't go along people. with everyone else. Just, yeah, yeah, don't follow people just because they're doing that's it. what they're doing. Um, so, yeah, it was poison. I forget what the poison was. Uh, cyanide. cyanide. Yeah. It was cyanide. Yeah. yeah. He got like um, a chemical well, I mean, he put... license or something like that. So he was going yeah. to yeah. clean minerals or something. Yeah, they, they, they had a hospital <laughs> on site, so they had some drugs, but they basically tipped a bunch of cyanide in and then every mm. other fucking drug that they had, like, Xanax, fucking sleeping pills, everything. They just poured it all in there and just mixed it up. Yeah. Didn't yeah. he so, do this a bunch of times though? Like he told people, you know, this is poison. Yeah, he, he die would, tonight. He, and then he, he tried like, it. He tried it before, like, like as a test to see, yeah, whether they drink it or not. Yeah. He'd get them all to drink, and then he'd be like, "This is poison. You're dying now." Yeah. He, and he just did it. That, it wasn't poison, but yeah. he just did it to see who would do what he said. And when it came to it on November 18th, a lot of people willingly drank. Like they were lining up to drink it of their own will. Did they? Do you think that they thought it was a test, or do you think that they knew no, it was no. for real? I'm sure some thought it was probably a test of faith because there was still, like by this stage, the whole operation was falling apart because he was just so fucking whacked out. People were doubting him left and right, which only made him more paranoid. So I'm sure there were some people though who still believed in him. And thought, this is a test of my faith. You know, I have to prove that I believe in the power of Reverend Jim Jones. <laughs> um, I think very. There were there were there were like mothers force feeding it to their babies and shit. Like yeah, it's nuts. before they drank it themselves. Yeah, they're... it's like when you're on the plane, you're meant to, you know, put your own mask on and then help your kid. Hmm. They're doing it the wrong way around. They should have drank the Kool Aid <laughs> first. <laughs> Are they? Would have saved those kids. Well, they did the kids. Like, even Jim Jones' own kids, because he had a shitload of kids, because he was just fucking all the women in the cult, and he was getting them pregnant all the time. He would he would pick women, and he'd say to their husband, like, I'm going to impregnate your wife. You're not allowed to impregnate her. I'm going to impregnate her. Yeah, he cucked a bunch of dudes. <laughs> yeah. 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 And they just had to go along with it, because <laughs> they'd fucking kill you otherwise. Yeah. Hey- um. Yeah, so it's just, it was really bad. Yeah, I, I doubt <laughs> a lot of people thought that it was a drill because he would, he, basically they'd had the that um, US congressman, um, Leo Jones, had come and he told them, We've, we're killing Leo Jones, so this is it, this is the end, like, yeah. it's happening. So I think there would have been maybe some people who thought, oh, maybe it's a joke, but I'm pretty sure most of them 
with like well, this you is can it. sort of hear yeah. because I, I've heard because the, the tapes, yeah, the, tape, the tapes exist. The death of, tape, they call it. When this happens, um, and I, I haven't listened to the whole thing, I have because it's hours long. Yes, um, pretty gnarly. <laughs> but I've heard parts, and you can sort of hear as it goes on. People start dying, and the people who haven't drank yet start really. Yeah, they start freaking out oh, a bit. Shit. And he's like, just, "This is for real." Yeah, he's like, "Go with dignity, die with dignity." And yeah, he, yeah, and he he's, is, he's fucking prostal- he's like, prostalizing oh, the, the whole, whole time. fucking time. It's so creepy. It's called yeah. the death day, and like the whole time he's prostalizing, he's saying, "Don't, don't be worried. You know, it's worse if you if you stay alive because they're gonna yeah, massacre I, us. I, they're gonna kill your kids. They're gonna do everything to you." And I don't think he even had any. Um, promise of like an afterlife no, or, or anything like that. It was a like revolutionary just, It was literally just, you're going to die because I've decided you're going to die. Yeah. So basically the idea was he, he sent those guys to go kill um, the congressmen and then acted mm. like they'd acted of their own volition and that they would all yeah. be tarnished yeah, yeah. under that under the name of, uh, you know, the of People's course. Temple and said, you can't yeah, distinguish one of us from the other. So mm. you, no matter where you go, if you go to the US, you go to Russia, because they even considered going back to Russia. Or trying to yeah. go to Russia as a communist home- homeland, mm. um, they're like, no one will want you. You will be massacred. Your family will be yeah. massacred. And that's what he did, like, to pump them up and get them through the fucking gates as far as drinking cyanide is concerned. What's, what's kind of funny is that he still had, um, like, other smaller compounds mm. in other countries. Like, there was still a, a small group of Jonestownians, I guess you'd call them. Yeah. Um, in in America, and he like had organised with them to drink flavoured, uh, drink poison flavoured at the same time. Like he told them, he told nah. them, right, we're gonna do this, so you guys got to do it at the same time. And they're just kind of like, yeah, 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 we'll do it. And then when it came down to it, they're like, yeah, wait, I'm gonna do this. This motherfucking tripping. <laughs> um, well, there was this uh, some loyalists he had in Georgetown, which is the capital of Guyana. Because they had a like a I guess you call it like a forward operating house there, because they would yep. fly into Georgetown, then go stay at the the their um, people's temple house there. Yeah, it was the only way to get there. Yeah, basically, and then they'd get another small plane the next day or something into mm. into Jonestown. But there was a house full of people there with like small kids and a mother and daughter, and they all killed themselves. Yeah, because um, he radioed them and said, "Yeah, kill yourself. It's it's going down." And so yeah. the mother and daughter killed the kids. They fucking did it, yeah. And then they, they this is the gnarliest part. I just found this out. I didn't even know this myself. They slit each other's throats. Mother yeah. and daughter. They just sat there and yeah. slit each other's throats. Uh, yeah. Yeah, they didn't Can even do, that? they didn't even go fucking flavor aid. They went fucking metal as fuck. Yeah. And his, um, yeah. uh, Jim Jones's son actually found them because he was out, mm. he was out, Stephen, Stephen Jones. And he came back and he found them all dead there. And he was just like, yeah, this is he was, up. he was Jim's favorite. Yeah. And Jim actually sent him out. He's like, oh, you've got to go out and find Like there's someone out in the woods. No, he was playing a guys. basketball game against the Guyanese. Was he? Yeah, there was a team of them. Maybe I'm thinking of something yeah. else. There was one point where he sent him out into the yeah. forest with a gun. Oh, he, he'd sent, he'd sent his son out all the time. And they would always do these things called white nights which is the things you were talking yes. about, where they, he would wake them up in the middle of the night after they'd been working for like 12 hours and then yeah. rant at them for like six hours and then send them back to bed right before they got to wake up. Yeah. And that's how yeah. he kept them deprived and he was like, you're going to die. That's what the whole thing, yeah. they were just deprived of sleep, yeah. deprived of rest, deprived food, of food because yeah. they had no fucking food there yeah. at all. Like, and they were basically starving. Typical they just communist work. society. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They'd work like 16, 18 hours a day. And then no sleep. And it's just... When you're in that state, it's so easy to just break you mentally. Yeah. 
and keep you brainwashed. And he's loyal. Um, and he knew that. And that was his plan. And when he says Jim to Jones- yourself, you're like, all right, let's do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it can't be worse than what I'm doing now. Communism yeah, is he- a worse alternative. He he was a master manipulator. He knew exactly how to work oh, people. Yeah. Uh, he actually started out as um, a faith healer. Yeah, yeah. I, you know those guys who like go around to carnivals and they're like, "I will heal you with my hands." Uh, like, like it, it was I, I, apparently in Jonestown. Every now and then he'd be like, "I got to hit him with a razzle dazzle," and he'd do a faith healing <laughs> at Jonestown. <laughs> like seriously, he'd be like, "Yeah, faith healing's here, left and right." Look, all of a sudden this person's <laughs> nourished. <laughs> <laughs> not angry no more yeah, yeah. He, he his bit was like he would plant someone in the crowd and mm. they'd like they'd have like a chicken liver in their mouth and he would like put put his hands on it they'd say oh i've got cancer and he'd put his hands on it and say oh you are healed and they'd like spit out this chicken liver and he'd be like that's the tumor i've expelled the cancer from your body that's and f- then someone would come in and like snatch it up really quick before anyone could get a good yeah, look at yeah, it yeah that's it you get the demon out of him yeah. Um, yeah, and he just learned from that, like how to manipulate people. Yeah. And it just, it just went well, to his head. I mean, if you listen he, to, he got he his, his ego overran him. Yeah, and so did the man. Because <laughs> if you listen to his early sermons, he's actually a very charismatic speaker talking about mm. you know equal rights. Because a large part of his congregation was black. Like it was like 70, 70 or seventy five percent of the people at Jonestown were black. Yeah, well, and he actually he he went around the country sort of mm. absorbing. Other, other smaller like other congregations yeah. not not religious kind of religious but not like he it was like preaching a lot of socialism at the time and, and equal yeah. rights for black people um yeah. so he, he had a large black congregation and he moved from like ukiah to california um which was supposed to be one safe from nuclear attacks and two uh, more accepting of black people Mm. Um, so yeah, he, 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 you listen to his original speech and you can see how people got swept up in it because he doesn't sound so much like, um, a priest more as like a, uh, I don't know, but just like someone who's not so much because it started off with a religion and then it sort of more, more moved to like, um, social change and then it went full blown commie, but you listen to him and then you listen to him in like his death video and he is cracked out. Like he's slurring <laughs> like a motherfucker. You can't understand half the shit he's saying. Like, he has just been hard doing drugs since he got to Jonestown. <laughs> it's fucking great, though. Um, I'm a little bit embarrassed. It seems like, um, for the first time ever, Brad's done more research than I have on something. <laughs> Mate, yeah, I, yeah. I've been doing inadvertent research for about 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> this is just your topic. Yeah, I just love um, cults. Yeah, well, Brad, as you said, Jim Jones is like this big anti-racist, like big civil rights guy, and he loved mm-hmm. black people. Absolutely. But are you sure he did? Ah, oh, I Ooh. mean, given that he That's killed twist. more black people, than- <laughs> <laughs> that was going to be my point. That if he was a secret closeted racist and he wanted no. to kill as many black people <laughs> as possible, he definitely couldn't have done a better job than he did. Yeah, I know. Because he Wolf killed in sheep's clothing. He killed six hundred and fifty black people. Essentially. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... Oh, we forgot to mention as well, 918, 918 people yeah. total died uh, from drinking the flavor. Yeah, 350. Were well, actually, that's not true. Some of them were shot because they wouldn't drink. But and a lot of them were forcibly injected died. as well towards the end. Like, they, mm. they they saw what was going down, they changed their mind, uh, and they were injected, yeah. How, how brainwashed do you have to be to be one of the last people forcing people to drink. Well, the people at the end were the guys with the guns, and they were a part of his what he called the Red Brigade. So they would, they would be yeah, the enforcers. They still, 
they still killed themselves is what I'm saying. Yeah, I know. They, like... They just believed Why man. not? Over the, like... I, I forget how long it was. It was like an hour or something that yeah. all these people were dying. Yeah. How do you watch that for that long and something in your brain not go, oh, shit, this isn't right. I'm on the wrong side here. Yeah, no. I know. And... <laughs> He wasn't... Ah, meth. Uh, Jim Jones didn't share his meth. That was only for him. <laughs> well, the thing is, Jim Jones didn't even stay alive till the end. So, like, once Jim Jones no. was dead, you go, well, no, we've, we paid lip service. He's dead now. He's not yeah. coming. Like, we can just He's go. He's not going to know if we yeah, don't drink it. Yeah, because he got it. someone to shoot him in the head to fucking kill it. He couldn't even yeah, drink coward. the fucking flavor aid. Yeah, he sat down on a cushy chair, like, on the porch, and they just popped him in the head. And then they kept going about their business. They're like, it's no big deal. Like, he's fucking dead now, guys. <laughs> like, it's all right. You can let it go. As much as I would love to talk about Jim Jones for a lot longer, and sorry to step on your toes here, Morgs, we are starting to run out of time. Yeah. So, we're going to talk about Heaven's Gate, which was uh, another cult. Now, the leader of the Heaven's Gate was called Marshall Applewhite, another charismatic leader. And uh, this was like an offshoot of Christianity, and they thought that mm. the world was about to end really soon and uh in 1997 they committed mass suicide and their belief was that by committing suicide they would be transported from earth to a spacecraft that was following the comet Halibop yep which was like a comet that was uh going to be visible in uh April of 1997, and they killed themselves in March 1997. So there were 41 <laughs> members, 39 of whom killed themselves in this um, thing. So they thought that this was like the next evolution. You, you kill yourself and your body stays on Earth, but you're transported, your soul's transported to this um, uh, this spaceship traveling yeah. behind the, the comet. And uh, it was a very interesting uh, suicide, mass suicide, because all the members... Uh, were wearing the exact same uh, items of clothing. So they were wearing a black T-shirt. They were wearing sweatpants, or as we'd call them, tracky pants. And they were wearing Nike Decades, black and white Nike Decades. So Nike Decades look basically like Nike Cortez, and I have a pair of Cortez, black and white Cortez. My shoes look almost (laughs) the same as their Decades, but you can't buy Decades anymore. They stopped, Nike stopped making them because of this. I wonder why. So, apparently, <laughs> there wasn't any real reason that they got Decades, apart from the local store where they wanted to buy shoes for their outfit, said they could get a bunch of them really cheap. So, they bought 40 pairs of Nike Decades for like 550 bucks. So, they got them really, really cheap. So, they're like, all right, we'll get them. So, it's kind of a coincidence. But now, ironically... A pair of Nike Decades will sell online for about $1,000. So they got 40 pairs for about half the price of one pair. Of one today. pair. Oh, Jesus. Um, the, they also had a purple square sheet of cloth over them, but it was like mm-hmm. diagonal. So like the point of the square was above mm-hmm. their head and on their crotch. You know yep. what I mean? So it was like a square yep. piece, but it was like a diamond over them. Yeah, it was quite and classy. Uh, they were all covered like that, and they also had a patch on their arm, which <laughs> this really makes me this really makes me laugh. For some I know what it says. But this is the best one. They has they have a patch on their arm, which said "Heaven's Gate Away Team." <laughs> <laughs> so that's just a little morale booster, you know. Yeah. So, 
Keep everyone in a good mindset. As a question to you guys, do you think it makes me a bad person that I really want a patch that says Heaven's Gate Home Team? (laughs) (laughs) And I really want a pair of uh, Nike Decades? No, I think that's fantastic. If you want to get patches made up that look like them but say Home Team, I will buy them with you. Like, I'm I'm Because we're we're the Home Team. We didn't We're the Home Team, yeah. We didn't leave. So, So, we're just, we're we're holding the fort down until they get back. Yeah. That's brilliant. I mean, the Halley Bob portal. Passed by in another, you know, 1900 years or something like that. So, yeah. I expect, so, uh, I expect uh, them to drop off. Yeah. So, you guys, like I said, the um, there were 41 members of this cult and 39 mm-hmm. committed suicide. So, you're probably wondering what happened to those other two? I am wondering what <laughs> well, happened to those. <laughs> what happened to those other two is that they stayed behind on Earth to uh, answer emails. And I sent them an email, and I got a response. So, no! no! Really? Are you fucking kidding me? Because I knew they still maintained a website. They're still going. They still have their website. And I saw someone on Reddit say, do you know that they still respond to emails? And they showed a screen cap of their email. So I went on their website. I found no their email. Fucking and I sent them way. an email today. So I got a response uh, quite promptly. It was a 24 minutes later I got a response. So that is a fucking quick time. They left the two most emis- uh, efficient motherfuckers on Earth <laughs> to <laughs> answer queries. That is fucking amazing. All right. So do you guys want to hear the conversation oh, that happened before? Please. Yes, please. Okay. So I wrote, hi, my name is Morgan from Brad is a Bad Person. We are going to do a podcast episode about your group, and I was hoping you could answer a, cu- answer a couple of questions for me. We would greatly appreciate any answers you can give even if they are only single word answers. And then I wrote five questions. And then at mm-hmm. the end, I said, thank you and God bless Morgan. Right? <laughs> so then I got a response 24 minutes later, like I said, with like uh, the five answers. And the, he's listed it like question one, this, question two, question three, question four. So oh, my I'll, God. That's I'll, amazing. I'll read them out. So I said, are you actively recruiting, recruiting new members? And he wrote back, no. Are you open to new members joining? He wrote, no. That all ended in 1997. <laughs> <laughs> I said, whose decision was it for you to be left behind instead of joining? Were you happy to be left behind or disappointed? And he said, we were instructed to perform the task by the next level, capital N, capital L, which is like, you know, yep. the people Proper noun. the people on the, the spaceship. Yeah, the order. people they're, they're in contact with, yep. Yeah, we were instructed to perform. We were instructed to perform this task by the next level, and we are honoured to do it. I wrote, "Will you be rewarded for staying behind?" And he wrote, "We are, and we will. Like we are rewarded, and we will be rewarded." Yeah. Uh, and then I said, "Is there anything you want to tell people to clear up misconceptions about your group?" And he wrote, "If you think the leaders were crazy and the students were weak-minded, your perceptions are not correct." holy shit so then i replied uh because i'm nice i said thank you so much all the best so that's my conversation with the uh heaven's gate who are 22 years since almost you know to the year almost that's like, to insane. the day 22 years later still having the same website which has not been updated yep, for know, the 22 yeah. years but still responding to emails from the email address on their website so. That's fantastic, and so quickly as well. <laughs> that's well, that's insanely like. What what time would it be in the US when you met, emailed them? It would well, have been... I I emailed them and I thought, oh, they're probably not going to reply. Like if if they reply at all, they're probably not going to reply before the episode because I sent yeah. the email at four p.m. Australian time, which was nine p.m. California time. 
Yeah. So I have so many more questions. That is <laughs> that is tremendous. Like well, like and I'll well the the email address you can find online, but I've got the mm. I can give you the email address, and apparently they're going to respond to you. So like he gave me very short answers, obviously. Like, well, I mean, he probably gets like questions all the time. Like, well, he probably doesn't. Like, who would, yeah. who would email these people expecting a response? I wouldn't. I wouldn't go on a website that was twenty years old that's never been updated for twenty years and go, oh, I'll just email those people. Like, no one would think to email. So it was just no. You would immediately assume that. Oh, I have so many, so many questions because they were they were not like a super rich cult, not like like Om Shinrikyo or um, People's Temple, like they were rich cults. These guys mm. were were destitute a lot of the the life of the cult. I mean, take the decades for an example, like they were pretty frugal, not not poor by any means, but you know who's paying the bills. <laughs> Well, the, the other thing I thought is like the the idea that was that their world was about to end, so they needed to escape Earth because Earth was about to be recycled. That's the way that the the yeah, yeah, phrase yeah, it was explained. Yeah, yeah, it was about to be recycled. So in the twenty two years since then, the Earth hasn't been recycled, and these guys are still apparently, according to this guy's email, if I'm to believe that he's being sincere in his responses, anyway, still has like, he still believes it, and he's like, "Yeah, we are being rewarded, and we will be rewarded, and you know, the people weren't crazy. Like they apparently still go on with it, unless, of course, somebody is like taking control of that email address and just for the fun of it is emailing people. But why would you? Like, <laughs> nah, that's crazy. Yeah. I am blown away by that. How often do you get an opportunity? To actually talk to a, a, cult. a surviving member, cult member of yeah. one of the most famous suicide cults in the history of the world. Yeah, so, well done, Morgs. Well done. I'm impressed. Uh, I'm. Oh man, that's amazing. I am. And if they decide to listen to this because they now know the podcast, yeah, uh, I'm impressed. Good job, mate. That is serious commitment. You heard it here man. first, listeners. Twenty two years later. Exclusive information <laughs> directly uh, from they, Heaven's they, Gate. They know it was on the record because I said we're going to do a podcast mm. episode about you. So they're obviously happy for that information to be shared. And um, yeah, I mean, I, uh, like obviously we would all think that they're crazy and it's a ridiculous thing to do. But you know, I don't have any issues with those two individuals that have stayed behind and stuff like that. So I, you know, rather than calling them stupid or like wanting to yeah exactly make fun of them i'd genuinely be interested in talking yeah. to the dude as mm-hmm. just absolutely a, like as i mean we, we, we can be respectful sometimes not being a, a joke about it like it, yeah. it's fascinating obviously mm-hmm. we're into this sort of weird stuff the weird side of the world and the weird stuff that people get into so yeah like not to make fun of him but yeah i was i was really happy so i was sincere when i wrote you know, God bless and all the best and everything, because, you know, I obviously have no ill will towards this guy, and he's taken the time to respond to me, so that, I thought that was really nice. Yeah. No, we, we can I'm be really respectful. impressed with that response time yeah, as well. That is, yeah, that is 24 minutes. Do you yeah. think I sent like... an email. <laughs> I sent an email to another podcast a week and a half ago, and I'm still waiting for a reply. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if the guy is like gets an email and he's like, oh, fuck, another email. I better respond because it's my <laughs> job to respond. This is what they left me behind for. <laughs> or conversely, maybe he's like, yes, another email. This is like, finally, I got something to do. Well, by the sounds of it, he, he finds it rewarding. So I can't imagine he'd be um, like, because he's been entrusted with this. It's not so much like it's a chore, you know? Yeah. 
I mean, I imagine that they um, so that Marshall Applewhite had uh, tremendous faith in him to keep keep the mission going. If uh, he was one of the two yeah, individuals he d- selected, he definitely picked the right man. Yeah, for the job, I mean, I, I think his faith oh, has been sure. rewarded. Absolutely, he, yeah. his trust has been. I wonder if he feels obliged to respond to all the emails, or if he just saw mine and he thought, like, oh, you know, he's been nice and genuine. I'm like, why not? I'll yeah, and I imagine if he gets a bunch of stupid emails, he wouldn't feel obliged to respond to those. But you know, a genuine one, I think. I know that they, yeah, like he he mentioned there that they stopped recruiting. I think they called it the Harvest, um, shortly before the mass suicide uh, in '97, but. Yeah, I mean, I think there'd be a lot of people who'd be interested in finding out more about Heaven's Gate, so he'd probably get a fair few emails. All right, we'll, we'll finish up this episode with Morgan's movie review and also uh, just a quick discussion on some religions that may or may not be cults. So, as we said at the start, um, Scientology is apparently a religion, according to Joe Rogan, because the cult leader... <laughs> it was a cult, and then the cult leader died, and now it's a religion. But um, do you guys know much about Scientology? Do you think that it would qualify as a cult? Uh, I've seen... Scientology is absolutely a cult. It's a, It's gone mainstream now. It has to be a religion. It's No, no, no. It's still a cult. Because one of the defining factors about a cult versus a religion is that you have to escape. You can't just leave. Like, a religion isn't going to well, try and keep you captive. I think They're there's not going to go after your family who have you something leave. to say about that, mate. They're not going to try and silence you. Um, you know, send their very expensive lawyers after you and ruin your life just because you leave. Mm. Uh, a cult definitely will. Yeah, yeah but so will some religions. Yeah, as you know, the, Give me the punishment one example. for living Islam is yeah. uh, death. And... Uh, I always thought that that was a control technique to make people not mm-hmm. want to leave, like to scare people away from leaving. But yeah, I found yeah. out that what actually, the the reason that Muhammad actually created that rule is because he was, you know, a warlord and he was trying to take over these places and stuff like that. And people would stop fighting for him. And it wasn't that they just stopped fighting and they just went and started doing something else or converted to some other thing. Because that would have been fine. He wouldn't have cared. But it was because when people left, they started saying, oh, yeah, it's all shit. It's all bullshit. Don't join it. You know, yeah. you shouldn't join. So the reason they kill apostates, or, you know, originally, there are different reasons now, I'm sure, but the reason they originally killed apostates is because it was like they're, they're scaring off other people from joining. They're convincing other people not to join Oh, I don't think Islam is a good example of a uh, functioning religion. Well, I'm just well, saying. It is functioning. It's, it's the second uh, biggest yeah. religion in the world. I think the difference between a cult and a religion uh, is literally just time. You're, you're right. Once the leader's dead or it's enough time's passed, it's a religion. No, I, yeah. I think that the, the, cult, the cult sort of, well, you know, classically, the sort of stuff you think about with cults is that they ask you to... Uh, give up your whole life and stop talking to your friends and family and potentially move to something and mm. sign these They isolate you ridiculous... and you have to give all your possessions yeah, and money away. Yeah, there's, sign these ridiculous some billion that year that contracts well. that you're going to you know, do labor for them for a billion years and you're going to be rewarded mm. in the afterlife for it and stuff like that. And yeah, I guess maybe it is a time thing because, you know, people... There's some religions that do that. 
Well, maybe those religions like are like yeah, like well, no more orthodox versions of you know Christianity or uh, Judaism require you to you know divest yourself of possessions and um, not associate with people who are outside of your religion. Yeah, well, I think that that's sort of seen as the classic cult behavior when it's you can't talk to people who aren't part of it and uh, you have to cut them out of your life and you have to mm. devote everything in your life to it. So I think mm. people would usually see religion as being a part of someone's life, whereas a cult is like it takes Their over whole life. life. That's the whole yeah. thing. Yeah, I think so. that the main difference between maybe a religion and a, and a cult is the the techniques that are used to get people on board like i was just looking through and i was seeing like there's a pattern i've noticed with all cults um which is uh oops i've accidentally opened something that i need to um this it starts off with like a reasonable premise which is targeted at people you know needy people desperate people people who are lost in life uh and then they ratchet up the intensity for those people slowly so they test the waters with them um you know they might just come up with one crazy rule and see who goes along with it or do one thing mm. and see who goes along with it and then they start to isolate those people from their family um or you know other significant people in their life or just in general the outside world and then they start to physically and mentally drain those people like you know deprivation of food or sleep or you know long days of work or just a lot of monotonous tasks um just to really you know grind them down and then they turn insiders against the outsiders. So before that, it was just isolating them, but then they actually turn them. So like with Jim Jones um, saying that, you know, they're coming to get us, they're coming to get us, and they, the Branch Davidians, the same thing. That, um, uh, it's the same thing uh, he did. So like he's saying they're going, and it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy, prophe- uh, prophecy when someone does show up and go, hey, uh, what's going on here? Then they're like, they're coming for us. And then, and then finally, um, they ratchet up the craziness again, like just make it way too intense. And the last step is dying. <laughs> Massive. Stuff. That's the yeah. only way. That's the only way. Well, out, really. well no, they, yeah, they, they, yeah. Once you're at that just, level, it's the last step is dying. Like you're dying for the cause. Yeah, in it, one way or it another. It seems like cults either end with something like that—a mass suicide event—or the leader becomes so fucking crazy that it just kind of falls apart around them. Which is what happened apparently to the cults that. Um, the people were in from that TV show that I was watching, you can't ask that. They were just saying, like, the the cult leader just became more erratic and ridiculous and outrageous and people started leaving and it just, like, the money ran out and it was just like you were hanging out with a friend who just rambled and stuff and <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of how it ended. I can do that on my own time. Yeah, that's, that's, what that's what this podcast is for. They don't always start as religions, though, cults. There's, Self-help um, stuff. Uh, uh, well, yeah, there's a fairly recent one. Ah, uh, uh, yes, yeah. I, I I don't know if you guys have heard of it. Nexium. Yeah, Nexium. It's pronounced Nexium. It's spelt N-X-I-V-M, but it's mm. pronounced Nexium. Yeah, um, I've heard of it. I, actually, I don't know heaps about it, but I've heard of it. It started as a multi-level marketing yeah. company, similar <laughs> to like um, Tupperware. Or like or, Avon or, or some like shit. Avon, yeah, Avon or, or those, those makeup companies. Yeah. Um, and somehow, it's not really clear because it's only, like, it was only founded in 1998 and it's only sort of all this nasty cult behavior only came out uh, towards the end of last year. Um, but somehow it evolved into this 
uh, um, sex cult. Yeah, yeah. Where they would, that's they what would I've take heard, women yeah. take women into uh, slavery, and they were trafficking them as sex slaves oh, and stuff. Oh. They were branding um, them as well, weren't they? Like with the what's his yeah, his name like Keith Rainier or something. Yeah, Keith Rainier was the leader. Yeah, and they were branding um, his initials on him. Yeah, and he he and is it is that weirdly ch- enough the chick from Smallville? Yeah, a Hollywood actress oh. Alison Mack. Yes, that's uh, it. Were, Mack. were arrested just last year. Oh, I remember um, hearing stories about that, and yeah. I just didn't follow it. But it, it sounded yeah. fucking crazy. Yeah. yeah, how weird is that? That uh, like an actress, a female, would yeah, she was like, like sign on and help sell other women. Yeah, she was like two I see, wasn't she? She yeah, was like well, she was then, bringing yeah. them all in. The the way these multi level things work is that if you're at the top. <laughs> If you're at the top and you got all these people under you, you just the money funnels up to you. Yeah. Well, that's right. It's that's the thing. It started as a pyramid scheme and it's turned into a cult somehow. <laughs> over over twenty years, it turned into a cult. I'm going to keep my fucking so eyes on Avon. Alison Mack was going to those sex slaves and then she was saying, "Look, if you recruit some more sex slaves, <laughs> they can do your dirty work." You can have a, you. You can have a team of girls underneath you. It's multi level. Mm. It's not a pyramid scheme, it's multi-level. Multi-level marketing. It's more of a rhombus. <laughs> uh, Alright, so... I'm just just reading now, apparently uh, Alison Mack was recruited into it by uh, Smallville castmate Kristen Crook. What? Oh, no shit! Yeah. Really? Who is, as you guys know, a banging hottie. They're both pretty spicy. Is, she, is Kristen Crook still in it? No. Or did she bail out before it got too real? Uh, it looks like she bailed out, yeah. And Alison Mack went right off the fucking deep end. <laughs> yeah. Somebody save me. <laughs> That's the small bill theme there, guys. Yeah. Just in case Ooh. anyone's wondering. That was good. Um, <laughs> Alright, so I think it's time for everybody's favourite segment. Uh, Morgan's Movie Review. Morgan. 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 Morgan's movie review. All right. Um, the Wicker Man, two thousand six, is an odd film starring an odd actor. Nicholas Cage it's plays beautiful. a cop who has seen too much shit. While off work to recover from a traumatic experience, he is contacted by his ex-fiancee, whose daughter has gone missing. The inhabitants of Summers Isle, a matriarchal neo-pagan agricultural community are pretending the girl never existed and refusing to help Cage when he shows up to investigate. At first you wonder why Nick would even bother mixing himself up with this cult, but once you get the first glimpse of his spicy ex-fiance, you understand his real motivation for finding the missing girls. The missing girl. However, there are plenty of other spicy broads on this island who aren't single mums or who haven't lost their child, so if I were Nick, I would be focusing my efforts on the spiciest broad of all, Sister Honey aptly named considering her proclivity for honey potting men in this movie like Nicolas Cage and James Franco. <laughs> honey dick. <laughs> the broads on the island, spicy and non-spicy alike, are acting suspicious and won't give Nick a straight answer, leading to some hilariously overacted scenes of Nicolas Cage <laughs> getting frustrated when his big city interrogation technique of repeatedly screaming the same question at people doesn't get him anywhere. <laughs> The film builds towards the ominous festival of death and rebirth, where you know some crazy shit is about to go down. 
On the day of the festival, with no solid leads, Nick Cage turns this mystery film into a Battle of the Sexes action thriller when he starts... <laughs> When he when he starts punching and kicking chicks in an effort to get some much needed intel. Oh my god! I'm sorry. He, <laughs> he KO punches the rude barmaid, and then neck chops and kicks Sister Honey, who ain't so sweet when she's trying to kill you. <laughs> Without getting into any spoilers, Nick Cage spends most of the rest of the film in a bear costume, making you <laughs> making you realise that this movie is ten times better when Nicolas Cage is wearing a bear costume. As a mystery thriller, The Wicker Man is poorly written, poorly acted, and every twist is predictable and cliché. On the other hand, as a dark comedy, it is brilliantly funny and perfectly overacted. So which one is it? Is it supposed to be funny or serious? Nicolas Cage now claims that it was intentionally funny, but then again, that's what Tommy Wiseau says about The Room. <laughs> Either way, I had a lot of fun watching this movie. Oh, Eight out of fuck. I, I'm so sorry, but I just... Oh, fuck, I just picture in those scenes. <laughs> I couldn't go on, That one. Just kill it. You got an the infectious fucking, laugh. The one with the fucking bear suit. He just walks up to the chicks and says, like, what are you doing? And he just cracks her in the fucking face. <laughs> he doesn't even say anything to her. He punches oh. the barbie oh. completely out of nowhere. And then, yeah, when he's, <laughs> when he's in the bear suit, he's just like a running star when he punches the <laughs> Have you seen it, Locker? Uh, I have not. Oh, that is going oh, on. Man. That's going in the book. Yeah, I just want to point out that we here at Brad is a Bad Person do not support domestic violence. <laughs> we do support punching chicks when you're in a bear suit, though. <laughs> it's acceptable then. Oh, Jesus. Holy fuck, it is the fun. You have to see it. It's going to the blog. We're going to show you after this, and you'll understand why I'm losing my shit. There were- yeah, I, I've literally just now added it to my torrent client. There, oh. were, there were two. I mean, purchased from iTunes. <laughs> There were there were two or three scenes in particular yep. in the movie that just was so funny. Oh, the, the unintentionally movie. funny as well. Yeah, it's just but, a steaming pile of garbage, but fuck, it's got some gold in there. But one is one of them is when he screams at his ex fiance. What yeah. does it mean? Four times over yeah. and over again, and it's clear that they've cut they've cut it so it's like there's no time in between that she could answer anyway. He's like, "What does it mean? What does it mean? What does it mean? What does it mean?" And um. Another one is when he has like this nightmare dream sequence and then he uh, wakes up and he's like, oh, and then there's like a dead person in front of him and then he wakes up from that. So <laughs> he, had, wakes up. he had a nightmare dream sequence, woke up into another nightmare dream sequence and then he woke up and in real life he goes, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. And then the last is, you know, he, and then the last, the last bit that just killed me was the whole just out, out of nowhere, which it hasn't been a violent movie so far. All of a sudden, he's just running around punching chicks with reckless abandon, like he hasn't attacked anyone in the movie the whole time. And all of a sudden, he's just punching and kicking him. <laughs> kicks his way across the island. Yeah. Oh, it's fucking um, savage. Anyway, would recommend uh, if you're yeah. um, ten out of ten. 
All right. Well, anyway, that'll probably uh, wrap up our cult episode. Do you want to do your power rankings, Brett? Uh, not this week. You're not going to do what power rankings? No, just not this week. I mean, I'll, I'll, it'll be back bigger and better in the future. I just uh, may have made a mistake and uh, not planned properly. <laughs> so I'll own that. But uh, Morg's movie review is fantastic this Brad. week. Made up for it. <laughs> Brad. We've been talking about recording the first episode of this podcast for literally months. Yeah. With no solid uh, plans in place for when we were going to do it, though. We Plenty got of time to think about okay. Okay. Well, well we, agreed, we agreed a week ago today that we were going to record tonight. Yeah, yeah. And you knew what the topic was. Yeah. Wait, I've got a job, <laughs> all right? Calm down. Fuck me. I watched a two-hour movie and wrote a movie review. You could have sat down for five minutes and done a power rankings. Uh, no, I don't think you understand. Do you want to just make uh, one up a, on the spot now? There, there is a high standard that the people have come to, and if I can't give it okay. 100%, I don't think I I've got to talk to the listeners here for a second. Do not. Um, I just want you guys don't address to know, them. this is not a bit, we're not, like, we're not putting this on. And say, ha ha, look, Brad's, you know, so shit at preparing for the podcast, he didn't even do his power rankings. He, he genuinely hasn't done his power rankings, and Morgan and I did not know that. Well, you knew before, when I said I'm not doing it today, and then you brought it up anyway, you fucking asshole. <laughs> Fifteen minutes before we started recording, we found yeah, out we that you weren't we doing it. we could have glazed over this, that would have been fine. <laughs> you don't deserve to get away with it. Yeah, apparently not. My <laughs> research this week has been fucking outstanding. Though. It's not a bit, it's not a joke. Brad just is that bad. At, <laughs> oh, <laughs> he has oh, literally, oh, he has one job. What's the fucking thing called? He has what's the podcast one called? job on this podcast. What's the podcast called? And he what's failed to do it. What's it called? <laughs> Brad is a bad preparer. <laughs> well, if you want to change it, but I think we've done enough marketing as Brad is a bad person. I think that encompasses everything. You can't right. hide me to hold me to a high standard when my fucking name, the name of the podcast is I'm a bad person. All right, we'll see you next time. <laughs>